This is CliffCentral.com. I'm Jonathan. And Ramon is present. And Jonathan, we are going to do something that we've never done before. Issue an apology. Oh my God. What has happened? Uh, no, because I've, I've guessed that we've been uh, speaking to, unfortunately, could not make it at the time that we were recording. So Mr. Lakota from COPE was supposed to meet us last week. And his spokesperson sent me a message like half an hour before. So I'm really sorry, desperately sorry. There's an emergency. We can't make it. But we are... Having him on soon, one hopes. Yeah, so at some point he will be on the podcast. I, I'm uh, reticent to make the promise because you never know what happens, and uh, it does seem that the politicians are certainly quite busy, and uh, to nail them down is very, very difficult, I can tell you. But uh, he has agreed to come on, so kudos to him because. Well, there's plenty of others who right. simply don't respond. And I got his, I, got, I can WhatsApp him anytime I want to. Not that he reads my WhatsApp. <laughs> if need be, I can call him directly. But he will be on. He's keen to come on. He was just, there was just a bit of an emergency that day. So, nevertheless, uh, so you just stuck with myself and Jonathan for the next hour well, show. Well, I, I think we haven't done a, a show with just the two of us for a while. And it's, uh, we've had some, some big guests. We've had some, Really keen interest, quite a lot of growth in the podcast as well. So it'll be good to kind of reflect on everything we've discussed and everything uh, that's happened in the meantime. Uh, obviously, I think front and foremost has has um, been thrust this whole NDR um, concept, which, if you were paying attention, has been around for well about sixty years, um, seventy years. But, uh, yeah, but since but, since 1928. <clears throat> Uh, and then officially since 1950. Yeah, in the 50s, in late 50s, early 60s. Um, but it's really come into its own, I suppose, in the past sort of 10 years. Uh, no, well, since, since the ANC's inception. And, and that's what uh, frustrates me because if you look at the ANC's policies that are nested within the NDR, they all make perfect sense. What is the NDR? National Democratic Revolution. Uh, so the Soviet Union had a policy where they, whereby they would help African countries get liberated and put them on the road to socialism. South Africa was a bit special. Uh, whites were here for a long time, so they weren't really colonizers as such. Um, but blacks were oppressed by the whites, nevertheless. So they said it's colonialism with special, on special terms. Uh, so they just changed the axiom from colonizer and, and colonized to Whites and blacks, oppressed versus oppressor. Um, and, and the whole point of the National Democratic Revolution is to, it's the best road to socialism and eventually communism. If you read the SACP and their founding documents, it's there since the 1920s. It's there since the 1950s when the ANC adopted the NDR mm. and they adopted and ratified every five years at the National Executive yeah. Co- Committee conference thing. And the first phase was liberation. Second phase is socialism. So liberation ended uh, in, what, 2008 when Mbeki left. Uh, he was replaced because he wasn't a full-blown socialist. They put in old old Zuma, who 
didn't have any ideology as far as I know, except to be a greedy bastard. Um, and now they replaced him with Cyril, who really believes in the NDR. And for those who worry about context, because, you know, English is not our president's first language. So obviously he misspeaks very often, mm. especially when he says we will take the land irrespective yeah. of what he you want. He doesn't really mean that. No, he doesn't. He just means unicorns and butterflies. I'm not too sure, but I'll, I'll, I'll delegate that to Max Dupre as the official soothsayer for the president. Um, but yeah, Cyril is the latest, um, candidate to achieve the goals of the national democratic revolution. The SACP has a lot of power over him. He believes in it completely and utterly. And to think that he's playing some sort of long game to, you know, assuage the fears of those against the NDR, I think is completely naive and ignorant. Yeah, you you really do take, as we've discussed repeatedly on the show, you take um, your life into your own hands if you don't take this quite seriously. Well, I mean, if someone says they want to take your stuff without paying, <laughs> I think you should believe them. <laughs> I don't care about the assurances. I don't care about the explanations. I don't care about anything. Well, theft is theft, well, and I will protect my property against theft. Let's remember that every single month, if you're a taxpayer, the government takes money from you without paying um, under the threat of force, which is why some people believe the taxation is theft. Um, and uh, this is no different. They're, they're, instead of taking your money that you've worked for during the month, uh, they're just going to take your land that you worked for, your property that you've worked for, whatever it happens to be. Property, remember, once they've amended that section 25, is anything. Your ideas are property. Uh, so, Yeah, and if you believe in copyright, but that's a separate issue. But your, your shares, your business, your patents, everything, your internet, you know, online shop, that's property according to section 25. So to think that this is just about land is is remarkably naive. As Fran said, it's the thin, thin edge of the wedge. Farmlands are just, just the, the, it's where the you start. Focal and, point and where for you the convince, moment. where you convince people that this is the right thing to do. Because farms and land obviously has emotional, um, attachments. And right. so if you can get people behind that and once they support land, then you, then you just pivot. Uh, once we're, once we're done with farms, we'll pivot to other things. You know, why should anyone own the, their businesses? Why are businesses or, owned by these or people? Or just something or, simple. Why do you have more than two cars? You only need one. Mm. You know, so we'll just expropriate your car. And that's a very simple, almost absurd, uh, example, but don't be surprised when that happens. Um, but it brings me to a point where, um, I mean, the, the only people that really th- are talking about the NDR are the people on this bloody show. It's, it's us, it's the Institute of Race Relations, and it's mm. every forum. And a couple of columns here and there, politics web type stuff. Written by the Institute of Race Relations. Mm. <laughs> and Helen Ziller. Helen Ziller is on board now. She wrote in the Daily Maverick a few weeks ago about the National Democratic Revolution. But I mean, this is a game plan that's been in operation for 60 years. Mm. And people still believe, refuse to believe that it's working or that it's happening. It's also interesting. Um, someone like Rob Davies basically writes all the strategy documents for the ANC. Uh, and if you know anything about Rob Davies, I mean, he wouldn't even describe himself as a socialist. He would describe himself as an out-and-out communist. Oh, hardcore. Um, and if you if you go and read um, quite deep, and we've had Russ Lamberti on the show before, who has read quite deeply into those documents, um, they're very difficult to separate from just essentially Soviet um, policy, like down the line, 1950 Soviet policy. There really is very little differentiation. And, you know, I think a lot of this stuff, people try to convince themselves, oh, but they would never do that. You know, it, 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 it's, it's human nature, really. It's human nature to believe that 
um, they, they, they won't possibly shoot themselves in the foot. And there's this, this more sort of sinister thing, which is it's not about shooting themselves in the foot. They would never shoot the country in the foot because they must love it, Ramon. They must love the country. They, they're patriots after all. I mean, that was my argument 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were all raised, we were all naive when we were younger. But that was my argument for, for quite a long time. It's just rhetoric. You know, they're yeah. trying to appease Kusatu or the far left yeah. within the party. It's a broad, it's a broad church, isn't that? It's yeah. always been the saying. It's the broad church and, and, and at the end of the day, everything will be fine. Um, and businesses will be left alone and, and, and all of this stuff because, you know, they won't really mess with capitalism and the free market when they've been doing that for, well, they've been in power for almost 20 years. Right, right. Well, sorry, not almost 20 years. It's, More, uh, 24. 24 years, Something 25 like years, almost 25 years. Um, but it goes back to the point. They will destroy everything for ideological reasons. Hmm. This has happened numerous but times. Because, they, because some of them truly believe, some of these people truly believe that when they achieve these goals and when they follow these policies – they will lead the country to a better place. They, right. they, they truly believe that. And I'm not saying that they're evil. Okay, I am saying they're evil. I think the policies are extremely evil, but they, I truly think some of them think they have the best interest of the people at hand. And we have to acknowledge that somehow, not to just say that they're evil, they want power and they're greedy, mm-hmm. although I think those, well, adjec- it's, it's, those adjectives are, uh, you know, very, um, what do you call it? Appropriate, apps, yeah. appropriate for them. But these are people who have an ideology. They're pushing through with it. <clears throat> and um, you can either be a pawn or you can fight them. Well, listen, we decided that to whole fight. no true Scotsman fallacy, you know, real socialism has never been tried. Well, the, the reason for that is, is some people who, who claim that are they, – they know better and they're claiming it just because they, they're stuck to their ideology and they want to push a certain view on the world. But some people – truly believe that in every instance where this has been tried, it just hasn't been done correctly. Uh, you've got a lot of defendants of, of um, uh, or defenders of the Venezuela system who turn around and go, no, no, it worked. It worked. The problem was really when Maduro um, started then making corrupt deals with whoever he made corrupt or, or deals with. Or sanctions. Or, or, uh, yes. And when the, then when the sanctions, if they just left them alone and the, you know, the imperialists, uh, didn't put the sanctions on, everything would be fine. So, yeah, some people truly genuinely believe this. And I think and, it's been tried, uh, well and accurately in two instances. Mm-hmm. Um, the Soviet Union, 1921 to 1930. Bolshevik, from, they're from sort of Bolshevik revolution. Oh, yeah, when, when, when Lenin died and Stalin took over, the first five years were pure socialism, uh, pure communism rather, and uh, Cambodia, 1971 to 75, mm-hmm. when the Khmer mm-hmm. Rouge came in. The Khmer Rouge came in, and these were, the Khmer Rouge comprised of um, intellectual academics from Paris, Cambodian, who, who traveled to Paris, who studied in Paris, came back. Some, some Russo em- emptied out the cities within weeks. Imagine you have two million people in the middle of Joburg. People, the army with guns comes and says, "Right, you're walking with us to the collectivized farms. If you don't say yes, we shoot you. If you falter on the way to the farm, we shoot you. If you're old, or crippled, we shoot you. Your baby, you can't keep up, we shoot you. Yeah, uh, a quarter of the population dead in four years. That's real communism for you." Hmm. Uh, any intellectual people, you're wearing glasses, we shoot you because you're an enemy of the revolution. That's real communism. And that's it. It has been tried twice. And there's millions of bodies as, um, yeah, as proof. tens, tens of millions. Um, and yet we, we never seem to, 
to really learn the lesson uh, of all of this. Uh, let's talk quickly to the president. Um, it, it's, it's related, not NDR necessarily, but it's the point they've chosen, which is the farms, the land. Um, and the president's sitting at the United Nations, and he has a planned and scheduled interview with a journalist and he let me just tell you that usually in media operations like that they will very often tell them roughly what they're going to ask them either exactly in question um, or they give them an idea of what's going to be asked so it's highly unlikely that anything that was said in that interview was sprung on the president but even if it was it's not an excuse sure but but Everyone's talking about context, so I'm giving full context. Now, you're sitting at the United Nations in the United States in New York. Um, South Africa right now is mo- probably internationally most prominently known for what Donald Trump recently waded into with regards to uh, there being farm murders. Uh, it's also probably quite well known for the fact that the ANC, which was the world's darling, is faltering and is not – uh, what it appeared to be 20, 25 years, 30 years ago when it had the support of the entire international community pretty much. And that's kind of the the context. And and then, of course, there's all kinds of economic factors, the fact that economists and, and those types of people will be looking at South Africa and noticing that amongst all African countries, we're the one that seems to be failing. Um, most of the countries north of our border are doing well economically and are seeing growth. We're not. Um, uh, our health outcomes are relative to our, our northern neighbors are getting worse, not yep. better. Our literacy outcomes, our education sure. outcomes, everything. So, everything. And, and, and then, of course, there's crime. Right. Right. The only <laughs> that's going up is crime. Yeah. Crime. Right. So um, those, are, those are sort of the context of South Africa in an international community sense. And he sits down and he has this interview and he gets asked about farm murders and it's in relation in some respect to the fact that Donald Trump had tweeted about it because he mentions that he had seen Donald Trump early in the day and that they didn't have a chance to talk about it. But he basically turns around, not basically, he turns around and he says that there are no farm murders in South Africa. That's all land grabs. Uh, yes. And then he goes on to say, and there are no land grabs. Now, the people who want to defend the man, um, Say, well, no, no, it's contextual. Um, obviously he, he, he's in a short interview. He's referring to the Donald Trump tweet where Donald Trump had said that there were large scale farm murders or systematically being murdered. That was the, the tweets farmers where farmers are being systematically murdered. Yeah. Okay. So, so the word large scale was used. So I just want to get on that. So firstly, look up in the dictionary what large scale means. It means that it happens nationwide. It means that there's um, generally a, 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 a. I've actually lost the definition now, but I tweeted it earlier in the week. Um, it, it, it perfectly matches the situation that is actually happening. There's a lot of that going on uh, relative to what you would expect um, to normal statistics, for example, the normal murder stats. And uh, it is happening across the country. For, for, for us to believe that at such a setting, he couldn't have said, look, there is, there are farm murders that happen, but these farm murders are, 
uh, not supported by our government and we are working as hard as we can. I mean, that would be a half lie anyway. But if he said, yeah. I'm working on a strategy to try fix this, yeah. th- that would have been fine. Well, just admit, you know, we have a problem with crime. We have a problem with, with, with you know, societal issues in South Africa. We're working hard to eradicate them. Farm murders is one such aspect mm. we're looking into. Uh, there's so many ways to answer the question, but it's just an outright denial First of all, it's false because the police released the stats two weeks earlier, of which mm-hmm. I'm sure he was aware. His own stats, his own which stats. are probably wrong, but his own stats True. say his statement is a lie. But never forget, this is the same person who said, uh, you know, the fire pool isn't such a fire pool. It's, uh, at least it's not Olympic size, he said. Yeah, at least it's not Olympic size. Mm. And in 2013, he said, if you don't vote for the ANC, the Boers will come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, to rule us or something to that effect. Um, obviously, you know, the context needed for that, you know, who are the Boers? What does he mean by rule over us? What does he mean by who's us compared to the Boers? I mean, you know, I, Max Dupre hasn't written an article about what he meant back then, so I'm still waiting with deep eagerness also, to see. Also, I do want to bring up, so once again, context. In the same in the same breath, he talks about land being original sin. Right. right. So he's he in this in the same breath, he's making a justification. For the policies his government is going to put in place with regards to expropriation without compensation. And he's demonizing a group of people who ever took the land because that would be a sin because he's calling that original sin. And of course, framing it in the, in the, uh, in a religious context of original sin. Well, original sin is the worst possible thing that you can, you can really do. Well, I mean, there's, um, other, there's other aspects to that. Before sin, there was plentiful bountiness. Uh, I need to see evidence of the Garden of Eden before the original sin took, because the original sin was the eating of the apple pie. Yes. But I don't know if you Jews understand the story. I don't know. Do we share the same religious text on, in that regard? It's, it's our Old Testament. Oh, sorry. Okay. There you go. We appropriated from you. So that's the original sin. So there's the Garden of Eden, Adam or Eve, whoever it was, Took the apple and ate it because Satan told him to. And then the Garden of Eden disappears, I suppose. I don't know. Into a Mad Max scenario. So if you use the term original sin, one would expect there to be a Garden of Eden beforehand, uh, which I don't think was the case by any means. Uh, but most importantly, the 1913 Land Act was supported by many tribal chiefs at the time, uh, which, which no one really cares about. It's on Wikipedia. So I mean, if you're really lazy, you can read that. But there's lots of literature that says, um, Especially the cause of chieftains were very happy with, oh, finally we get our land and the whites aren't going to come and, and screw us over. So cool. We were very happy with the 1930 Land Act. Mm. That was Sol Plyke and, and a few others that were very disappointed with it, of course. But, uh, it can't be, I mean, original sin, um, it can't be original sin if, 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 you know, people agreed with it at the time, uh, especially the people that you purport to represent now. Mm. Um, but, but but in that so yeah. he he talks about land as original sin he he does that whole framing uh and at the same time he's saying this there are no farmers there are no land grabs just on the land grab side um untrue there have been uh, land grabs across the country we had land grabs in um down in the western cape in hamanus um, there were land grabs up in northern pretoria where afri forum uh, helped uh Dr. Mata Romole, I think. I, I apologize if I get that yeah, uh, surname incorrectly. Um, and, and there's evidence to suggest that NCO are orchestrating some of them. Well, and in, in, in some of the cases, the police refused to help. Um, yeah. In fact, the, the case in Pretoria, um, the Red Ants 
were the ones that actually enforced the ultimate court order, not right. the police. So uh, while it may not be state-sanctioned, the state's certainly not performing their job, which makes them actually complicit. That's how it works. The state is meant to protect its citizens. Yeah. Um, if their citizens disobey the law, then the people disobeying the law are meant to be clamped down on by the mechanisms of the state, such as the police, and the ones who aren't breaking the law are meant to be protected in that sense. If the state refuses to protect the innocent, then the state is complicit in that action. That, that's Aaron Ritz's argument in his book of yes, Kill the Boer. Yes, of, of Kill the Boer, yeah. um, that they at minimum do virtually nothing to stop farm murders, um, even if they don't help farm murders. Sure. Um, so... This, this entire thing of, oh no, we need context. And then, and then I think we need to move it towards the problem with our media because what we have is he says all this stuff and, uh, you know, people like us, uh, other people on social media, people in, in the media landscape turn around and go, some of us go, well, this is blatant lying. Uh, you know, the, what he said is false. It's just false. Yeah. Um, now, some of the same people who, when Donald Trump says something that's blatantly false, they're happy to point that out. Um, but when Cyril does the exact same thing, blatantly false comments, then they'll give leeway. Then they'll give leeway. Now, the, it's interesting to see Gareth von Onselen, um in a short conversation with, I think it might have been Peter Bruce, but I, I could be mistaken, um, basically made the comment that, it's interesting. Oh, it wasn't Peter Bruce. It was Peter DeToy. Um, it's interesting who gets the benefit of context, basically. And so in South Africa, for example, Helen Zilla doesn't get the benefit of context. Helen Zilla goes on a trip to Singapore. She sees that Singapore basically in the space of about 50 years, um, it's now been 70 or 80 years, but in the space of about 50 years, Singapore goes from being essentially a swamp where everyone was poor and doing subsistence farming to being one of the most advanced um, city-states in the world. And she learns that there's many things that were put in place in Singapore which were tough um, but were necessary to get where they were. And, and one of those things is they don't really have a victim attitude about themselves. They got on with it. And well, they appropriated a lot of the colonial structures of, of finance and, and laws and, and things like that. Well, that's that what, was a the thing. They didn't go. They didn't go. We victimized by all of these things. They went. No, actually, these things can be built on to improve and make ourselves even better than those colonial structures, which they've certainly done. Absolutely, because Singapore is more successful than the United Kingdom. Of course, um, if you look at you know educational stats, their science output. Um, the, the, the internet, whatever it is. So, um, she says that she says that in context of a whole bunch of tweets and she never gets given the benefit of the doubt of the context ever once. Uh, there are obviously a whole bunch of people who turn around at the time and go, um, guys, context yeah. and the media goes no no not context helen's yeah. a racist but but it's far more per pervasive than that kelly krill's on utv's show and he says kelly is was a part of the crime against humanity and and kelly says no for these reasons what was the tweet? Kelly says apartheid was not a crime against humanity. Yeah. Meanwhile, the context was uh, compared to what? Mm. Uh, compared to communism, or maybe by not. definition, or Is by it? definition, sure. Uh, so he had a, he had context for the for for what he said. Obviously, no one cares about it. But uh, there is this, obviously, the soft bigotry of low expectations because our president, as erudite as he is, uh, English is not his first language. So Peter Bruce, you know, found it really important that 
uh, he'd be able to decipher what the president actually meant. And what he actually meant to say was that there are no farm murders. I mean, I, I don't know what, what context is required to know All right, what so he let's, actually let's, said. Because he actually said there are no farm murders. I mean, what, how much more of a clarifying statement do you need? <laughs> So we, we can still man it. Um, what they've said, um, from what I understand from the counter argument, is that what he obviously meant is that there's no systematic killing of farmers. Um, and, and it's, there's nothing, you know, to do with the government or whatever. It's, it's just, um, the farm murders are, um, kind of an invention in the sense that, um, it's like saying they're street murders when someone gets murdered on the street. They're the same thing. So we don't classify them together. Yes, they're murders in South Africa overall, but as a special thing, are they farm murders? No, because um, there's no systematic targeting of farmers. We know that from statistically that must be incorrect. Whether it's government targeting farmers or it's just criminals targeting farmers, yeah. at the end of the day, farmers get murdered at the, the, the kindest stat, three times the rate of anyone else. Yeah. And, and, and reasonably probably five to seven times the rate of anyone else. Depending who you look at, et cetera. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I don't know why we go on to this because we don't need context for a statement that he, <laughs> where he made a statement that had no vagueness so I, I, to I, it. I think that what, the, what do we need to go on the about? Take, the takeaway for me is, is it, it, it's becoming clearer and, and clearer that um, our media very much reflects media everywhere else in the world, but let's use the U.S. as an example because I want to talk about the U.S. and, and, and what's going on there. Um, that they're partisan. They're partisan. They, they may not admit it. We admit our bias. So uh, we got criticized a few weeks back by someone on Twitter. He's, he's one of our favorite trolls. Um, uh, only, only usually um, negative stuff to say about the show, which is great. Love your work. Um, and one of the comments was, "Oh, but you're biased." Yes, yes, we are. Um, we've what admitted next? that. We've admitted that, that from the beginning. Mean? We tell you. We tell you from the start where we stand. Um, from the beginning of the show, Ramon has said what his political views are. I've said what my political views are. When we've changed or when we've um, um, added some nuance to those things, we've told you. So we're not being dishonest. But when uh, newspapers claim to be uh, objective. So, but do they claim to be objective, Jonathan? So, I think I mean, th- there's there's my issue with this. Generally speaking, mm. I think I think they're lazy and ignorant. But th- have they ever claimed to be objective or honest or truthful? Uh, well, I haven't seen that. Well, well, I I have seen that. I think that I think that the a lot of the people we mention and certainly the publications, the Mail and Guardian would claim that it is absolutely truthful and objective. Well, I'll need the evidence before you you straw man them. Uh, they, well, could, they could be like a bipartisan rag, or a partisan rag, rather. And then, and then what? Like the Daily Vox, I think it's obvious where they stand. The rational standard is obvious where they stand. The Man and Guardian is obvious where they stand on issues. It might be obvious where they stand, but their admission is not there. And the problem we have is that there are some people who are so-called woke to what's happening in the media. They are, they are, um, aware that there is bias and so they'll read something and they'll go okay i'm going to read this but i understand that it's coming from a certain perspective if i read the new york times for example i know that they're relatively left-leaning so if i read something on economics from paul krugman i must take that from whence it comes it comes from a putting the dustbin (laughs) it comes from a left-wing perspective so even if i agree with it disagree whatever it's coming from that side um the the I, i i'm not sure the majority of readers are Aware 
of the manipulation that's going on. Ooh, Jonathan, you give so little credit to our listeners and the people of this country. I, I don't, I don't give, I actually give a lot of credit to our listeners. But why do you think newspaper sales are declining? People aren't reading them. Maybe, who knows why they're not reading them? Maybe it's too expensive or they don't like what they read or they think it's crap. Newspaper sales have never been that high in this country given our and they're still declining entire now, population. But they're still sure. declining year on but year. They're, they're declining amongst certain groups. It's always been sort of, uh, it depends on the papers, certainly. It depends what, which paper you're talking about. No, I just think the claim that people are not aware of the manipulation is like, first of all, you have to argue that there is a manipulation, which I don't know if there is. I just, Hanlon's razor. Don't ascribe to, to malevolence what can be best described by incompetence. by incompetence. I think that's the fact. I think, I think the standard of journalism has fallen dramatically over the past 20 years. So remember what Voldemar said here, the editor of Report. He said, you know, now you have to be a brand first and then you, then you write for the newspapers and your brand is far more important than the factfulness of what you write or what you talk about. Um, but, <clears throat> Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm personally between you and I. I'm happy that these newspapers exist because it, uh, it's easy, it's good to to laugh and point and say, you know, you can trust them or you can uh, listen uh, to both of us, sure. But who is more aware of their own biases and who's more aware of the messaging? So I, I think we, are. I think I'm backed up in some respect on the fact that a lot of people are not as aware as they should be of this. By something like the EFF, even the fact that they've got six to eight percent. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, it's what France says about being able to, um, sort of influence the public, um, psyche, so to speak. Through the battle of ideas. Yes. And so, um, in this country, we're clearly losing. If, if you want to put it in, in those, con- in that context, we're clearly losing that battle. Because we were shut at it for a very long but, time. But not only that, because the majority of the media is pushing that sort of agenda. And it's very clear that you can only lose that either if people obviously agree with that or they haven't properly assessed all the sides. But there's two irreconcilable ideas here, John. You're saying the media is incompetent and then they're pushing an agenda. I never said they're incompetent. Okay, well, I'm arguing they're incompetent. And you're saying – so you're saying they are competent and they're pushing an agenda – I I don't see that happening. I just see a very uh, hegemonic culture that the ANC disseminates, uh, whereby policy becomes faith. You know, you have to love BE, otherwise you're a racist. It's a very popular propaganda tool, and I think people, uh, journalists, and and some 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 journalists, some reporters, um, just take that hook, line, and sinker. Um, is it their fault? Yeah, perhaps they should be more circumspect or more perceptive about these things, but. I, I don't see them as being like these malevolent. I think that's naive. I, I think I think that the average journalist sitting in a in a newsroom is not necessarily malevolent. I think we know for a fact, Gupta leaks, for example, that there are editors at papers and senior journalists who are clearly malevolent. Who well, are the, clearly the Sunday Times? Yes. Well, and but but you assume story. that the Sunday Times is not repeated at EWN, and EWN is not repeated at Mail and Guardian, and Mail and Guardian is not repeated at ETV. The 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 realities are is that there are malevolent people in the system, and they are pushing a certain thing. I mean, let's move on to the American example, because you've got a guy who gets nominated for the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, he's a 53-year-old guy who has not had a, a whiff of a scandal or any kind of issue raised against him in his, in his entire lifetime. 
Um, he's sat on the D.C. Appeals Court, which is the second highest court in the United States, uh, United States um, for the last 12 years. He's had over 370, I think it is, rulings on which he's given his 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 opinion um it's never he's never been um taken to task on any of that there's nothing abnormal in that um his his confirmation hearings for that post were national news uh and um nothing happened at that time everyone was very pro him and in fact he was voted for pretty much not completely unanimously but with a majority from democrats and republicans and most judges are though yeah, most judges are. Um, absolutely, true story. Uh, and now he gets nominated by Donald Trump. And 23 minutes after he's nominated, um, some senators are already turning around and saying, we will do, this is verbatim, what, whatever we can in our power to stop this nomination from proceeding. Um, that's 23 minutes after he gets announced. They don't know the man necessarily. They haven't really done any kind of investigation themselves but they've made that decision 23 minutes after the announcement and then what happens is a number of smears um and i'll get to the, the media's complicit complicity here but um they first try smear the guy because he drank beer that was the original smear actually in college they found i mean out, I, I i fully agree with that beer is disgusting i agree um <laughs> <laughs> but but he he drank beer from kegs in college which um if you understand american sort of um college culture that's um basically like saying he breathed oxygen while he was in college i didn't do oh okay i'm not american yes okay but yeah okay then he had like credit card debt because he bought baseball tickets or yeah something so that was like the next thing and people. then and then there was some sort of thing oh no he coaches little girls in basketball so maybe there's something dodgy there that sort of fell away quickly and then then we come to the major accusation which none of this happens in the initial period um while all these other smears are failing uh, this doesn't come out a senator senator feinstein and um, a congresswoman from uh, california get a complaint letter from a constituent this is who ends up being christine blasey ford and she claims that 32 36 years earlier 1982 that's correct uh 36 years earlier um this guy kavanaugh had basically assaulted her and um at at most charitable reading had attempted to rape her right um and they have this at the end of July. They have this document. Um, they then have a whole bunch of one-on-one -on -one meetings with the guy. They have open hearings, closed hearings. Nobody says a word. When everything's finished and it's about to sort of proceed towards the voting stage, the six weeks later, they hang on to it for six weeks. They say nothing. They release it. And they don't release it within the Senate, Senate Judiciary Committee. They release it to the media. Um, so... The media then runs with it, of course, because it's very obvious that the media will do anything in their power to do exactly what the senator said, which is stop Trump's All because because the leak letter will make, make the news. Come on, Jonathan. Economics the, here. The, it makes the news. More clicks, you know. There is that aspect, Ramon, but I, I, I think that they – and I, I, it's not I think – it's very clear if you follow enough of these journalists on Twitter that they have an ideological bias, and so they will. Pick don't get up me any wrong, but it's more than just one reason why they would they would leak it. Um, that's all. It's economics, and it serves their purpose. 
All right. So well, and then and then finally Dr. Ford actually comes to testify. Sure. And between you and I, she was fucking amazing. As a witness, she okay, hold on. She was amazing as a witness. Her evidence is none. There's none whatsoever. She argues that there were three people in the room. Those three under, you know. Well, she's made she's made several uh, claims about how many people were there, by the way. She's made, right. I think, six different claims. Right. And then she can't remember which exact year. It was summer 83 or actually it was 82 and no one knows. She doesn't know where it was. Let alone she, and she doesn't know either. Um, the, her, her witnesses, including her best friend, says, I don't remember any of this stuff happening. She's never spoken to me about it. She argues that she went to a therapist and she spoke to to her therapist about it in 2012. Uh, never mentioned Kavanaugh by name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So she's there. Makes a big impact. Great witness. Uh, Kavanaugh comes in. Um, Just one thing on the, the great fight. witness part. Yeah. Um, she... I, I agree with you. She was uh, believable in 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 her claims, um, but as you say, she does she did, she does, she offers up no no evidence, and many of the things she says directly contradict with previous statements. Sure, All right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, eyewitness testimony is the worst form of. Oh, evidence. and the other thing is, she makes false statements about things like how memories are formed. So, for example, in one part of her. Her testimony, she says, they, they ask her, like, why can't you remember other stuff? This is Democrats asking her, not Republicans. They're trying to justify why she remembers only that aspect of the party. So inverted commas party. Um, why does she only remember that bit and nothing else? Not how she got home, not where it was, not nothing. Um, and she says that, no, you know, um, because of the epinephrine, the adrenaline that was running through a system, you know, as you know, epinephrine, um, you know, seals memories into the hippocampus. That is completely and utterly false. There is no physiological basis for that. All right. So, I mean, she's a psychologist or professor of psychology. Well, and she's like been that. involved in neuroscience, some of her publications. So she knows she's, she's embellishing. But anyway, all right. All right that's beside the fact. All right. So she comes on, then Camel comes on and the man is upset. Yeah. As, as I think anyone would be. Hmm. And, and he's opening statement he makes. People aware that of the death threats his family is getting. He makes people aware of uh, the pressure he's under. He was a bit shouty, let's be honest. Uh, well, I mean, to me, he seemed like a man who was upset that… Uh, his reputation had his been repu- destroyed. I mean, and based on… Because here's the thing. she Feinstein got the letter on July 30th. They could have had an internal investigation, mm. hearings, everything confidential, mm. FBI investigation. Which Ford six, actually asked for to six, be confidential. Yeah. And, and I think Ford is a victim here as well of the process. I'm not talking about the sexual assaults. Um, I don't know if that happened or not. And I'm not the one to say whether she's lying or not. But this could have been done internally. But obviously the, the Democrats quite know that the midterms are this month, October. November the 6th. November the 6th. My apologies. I thought it was October. The nomination to the Supreme Court is the number one issue. Of the midterm, seventy-six percent of the, of voters say that the nomination is, is the biggest issue at hand for the midterms. If they can delay this nomination till after the midterms, they are hoping that uh, the Senate will become more. There will be more Democrats in the Senate, mm. and they could actually stop the nomination dead mm. um, until twenty twenty one. Until twenty twenty one, and if if they change the Senate by a large margin, they can impeach Trump, yeah. uh, which can be done, by the way. Yeah. And that is the angle I'm looking at. It's not like that the NDR, like long game, et cetera, et cetera. And the unfortunate thing is how it is, it is quite disgraceful how they're destroying Dr. Ford and they're destroying Judge Kavanaugh. 
in one go. And the only person to actually realize this is the man I would never have thought, uh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham's a Republican from Okay, South Carolina, South Carolina, who's a bit of an idiot. I right? think so. He's a bit of an idiot. But he comes out and he says, this is a complete and utter sham. Dr. Ford uh, has been traumatized. She's traumatized by this process. She doesn't want to be here. You forced her to be here. Uh, Kavanaugh's family is getting death threats. And um, if you wanted investigations, this could have been done six weeks ago when you received this letter originally. Um, and to think that now that you try and destroy this nomination solely for the fact that Trump nominated him, it, it makes the whole thing a sham and it's quite disgraceful. And I happen to agree with him um, with, with Lindsey Graham in this instance. And I think I think this just helps no one. Uh, I think it will backfire immensely on the Democrats yeah. if he gets nominated. Uh, and if you think Kavanaugh is conservative, he's going to be a, a damn right fascist by the time he gets through this because he, he's so, been the victim yeah. of a conspiracy. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that, that, that he will be because I think judges are very good at, at being able to separate that kind of stuff. And now you could argue the reverse. You could argue he knows people are going to be looking for bias, so he'll be even less biased or even more sort of lean the other way. But what I'm but, saying is that they, they've already jumped the gun in, in trying to, to, they're showing him the game plan before. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I think, look, to anyone who's honest, I think it's very obvious what has happened. It's a nomination by Trump. It's also, um, officially stamping a more conservative, um, position on the court for probably 20 to 30 years. Even if Trump loses the election in 2020 and, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies and they pretty much put Amy Schumer onto the court, um, it would still mean the court is is, is conservative right. because RBG is is a far leftist and you, you don't go much further left than RBG. Um, so it's very obvious that this was going to that something was going to happen. A lot of people said prior to any of this, be, before even the nomination, before the nomination, they said whoever Trump nominates because this is replacing Kennedy, um, and because if he picks anyone, Kennedy had actually sort of been very middle of the road sort of when he was when he was originally nominated. They thought he was going to be quite conservative, and he had actually made some decisions that went inverted commas against Republicans. Yeah, um, and the feeling was that you would be it would be unlikely that you would find another guy like him, and so Trump was going to nominate a conservative, and the court was going to be conservative again. And of course, then there's all the fear mongering. Roe versus Wade's going to disappear, and we're going to reverse Obergefell, which is the um, uh, ruling for gay marriage and all of these types of things. Um, and so it was obvious that one side was going to push and other side was going to push back. Uh, that was always going to happen. What I think is far more worrying is the fact that due process and justice is being completely dispensed with. So social justice, which started arguably in the universities, um, was – uh, has has then spread into sort of the corporate world, Google, James Damore, those types of things. Uh, we should just call it the NDR. <laughs> um, and and now it has found its way to the steps of justice. And social justice is not justice because social justice isn't blind. It says X group is bad because they're the group that they are and they've done whatever they've done to be bad. And so they're guilty before you start. And that's not how justice works. Justice works on the fact that it doesn't matter what um, Dr. Ford has said up till this point. Her burden, uh, the burden of evidence and proof is on her side. You yes. cannot just make an accusation. And so Kavanaugh actually is still as innocent 
and presumed as innocent as he was since the day before the accusation was leaked. Uh, but unfortunately, the media doesn't care about that because the media is partisan and they've pushed their agenda and what they want to see. And so now we have a man being destroyed for the purposes, for political purposes, but at the same time, we're destroying due process. My, my concern with this is that it, these things never happen at a high level and then don't filter down. Um, and Brett Kavanaugh will be fine. Whatever ends up happening to the guy, um, he, he will either win the nomination or not win the nomination. If he doesn't win the nomination, um, you know, if he doesn't get enough votes, he will go back to the DC appeals court to never be nominated again, I might add, but he yeah. will go back to that court because these accusations actually have no bearing and would never hold up in a court. He would not be able to be impeached, in my opinion. And so he will stay on that court probably till he dies. Um, he, his, his reputation is screwed whether he gets on the court or not because like Clarence Thomas with the false accusations from Anita Hill, people will always say, oh, he's a sexual assaulter that's sitting on the court. People who don't like him and people who do like him will go, oh, he was, he was maligned and smeared. Um, and that'll, that'll happen forever. But what, what is more worrying is that in some community somewhere, Sarah is going to say that Bob assaulted her and Bob is going to get destroyed by the mob um, long before justice ever gets to happen. I mean, do you think so? I mean, I, I can, I see anecdotally quite a lot of people are seeing through this for what it is. It's a power play. Some people. It's a power play. Um, Some people. I, I think. I, I see it. I see it in the elite coastal areas of the United States, but in the Midwest and things like that, I don't, I don't see this filtering down. But it is. But I mean, the, the broader aspect of this is that. This is a job interview, not a bloody court investigation. It's not, it's not a criminal matter by any means. Yeah. This is the new line of the Democrats. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and what I've actually forgot what sort of it's thing a job interview. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, a job. it's a job interview and there's some sort of allegations. Yeah. And, but uh, the worst, the worst part about it for me is that the, it's just, it will be impossible to prove the allegation. It is absolutely impossible to prove it, whether it happened or not. Well, well, this is the the, the you know we this is, we now straying into me too believe all women, right? No, but these people can't solve who the Vegas shooter was. He killed sixty eight people. No one knows what his motivations were. No one knows anything about the guy. It's a year later. We don't hear about him at all. And now you want the same people to try to solve a case in one week that happened 36 years ago. There are no witnesses. Well, the Democrats don't want it solved in one week. They'd like it to take three years, like the Russia investigation that's gone nowhere. Um, that's how they work. That's how, that, that's what they do. They clog the system with bureaucracy. Um, the, the, the problem is, is that when you, when you create systems like you say things like believe all women and you mean that literally, that is a fundamental problem. Um, and, and it's hilarious that people can't see these issues because um, 150 years ago in the United States, it was believe all white people. And black people were literally lynched. You mean, you mean 50 years ago? Yeah, but, but I mean more consistently. Obviously, it happened till, till um, sort of the 40s and 50s. But um, if, if, if a white woman, for example, the, the, the um, sort of landmark cases, if a white woman – uh, accused a black man of uh, assaulting her. Um, it was a kangaroo court, 
um, everyone said, well, of course, it's a black guy. Yeah. He must have assaulted the white woman well, because should... white because white people are more honorable than right. black people. Right. And so if white people have a claim, it, there doesn't need to be evidence. And and that's it. The black person is guilty. And, and so the same thing has happened here. Well, that's the case of Emmett Till, the 14-year-old black Yes. Black boy that was, was lynched by the, the father of the accuser and she, uh, years, 30 years later, later said, she said she lied about it. Um, yeah, and this is, they, they, they hanged a 14 year old boy yeah. for, for doing this. But I think it's just a, a sort of cycle where you just change the, the axioms of, of, of identity and then the same bullshit carries on. Yeah. Um, but, you're far less worried about the threats to sort of basic tenets of Western civilization. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not less worried at all. What are you talking about? I think, I think people can see through it a lot more. Um, but once again, Jonathan, if we're not winning, it's because we're not doing good enough. We're not fighting the battle of ideas good enough. It's, it's on us to do it. Or p- you, people you, like us to do it. Sure, but you need, in America, you, you need tools to do that. But in America, they've got the tools. In America, they, the, the right, so-called right wing, the conservatives, uh, they, 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 they put up a big fight. Here, there's no one here. There's no one here. If that sort of shit comes in. And by the way, it's been happening in this country for fucking ever. What's been happening? Uh, you know, believe the, believe the, believe the victim at all costs, mm. uh, especially if it's a black victim and especially if it's a white perpetrator. Uh, you know, media goes wild with that story. Vice versa. Oh, you know, a black guy stabbed a farmer 157 times with a, a pitchfork. Oh, you know, it's just ordinary murder. Uh, so that's been happening here for a long time. And, but unfortunately, the only, you know, we haven't, Fought that battle of ideas well enough, and that's why we were losing. We're gaining ground now, but in the US, um, I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. I think that. See, I don't think they have the. I think they. I think the tools are better, and I think you're correct in some respects that they have greater resources. So, for example, if we look at the media landscape, um, if they want to fight off propaganda on uh, leftist propaganda on MSNBC, for example, which actually does admit its bias, by the way, um, then they've got Fox, which also admits its bias, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, so that that is true. But uh, when you start looking at things like Google, YouTube, Twitter, um, who who have shown obvious bias and clamping down based on political lines. They don't have those. Nobody in the world has those tools. Nobody is Google. There is only one Google. Maybe yeah. one day there will be more. Maybe there will be something different. I don't argue that. But um, it's it, there. there is only one. And so those tools, if, if Google tomorrow wanted to shut down the American right, they could do that. They could li- – we saw – you know, the problem – this is this was the Alex Jones quote. Mark. I know. It's, it's, always, um, it's always the arsehole that we have to pr- Yeah, well, well that's defend. the point. The, all constitutions and laws, that's who they actually do protect. Exactly. They protect the worst. And what's more insidious than that is that I think PayPal stopped um, – Yeah, PayPal. You can't, he, he can't take money from PayPal anymore. Exactly. Um, um, Apple allows him only the podcast or the app. Uh, to info, I Wars, think he's got his own app, yeah, uh, but which is hosted on on Apple and and other yeah. Google Store and things like that. But um, I'm not a fan of this. You know, social media must be like a public utility and regulated by the state. I don't think so at all. But I do understand the problems with monopoly. Um, but it's up to, I mean, it's up to other people to create alternatives. I'm afraid. Um, How do you create an alternative to Google? No, oh, I don't know. They were, they are. Bing, Bing exists. <laughs> right, crap, though. No? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm undecided on this. I'm still trying to, I'm still wrestling with it and, and, and how to reconcile, um, dealing with these monopolies and dealing with such, um, 
direct control. Uh, you know, as I say, if they wanted to tomorrow, it, I, I don't believe they would do this, certainly not overnight. Well, but it would be too obvious. But, but, but if, even if they wanted to, to be obvious, even if they didn't care, if they were like, you know what? Uh, we're taking this as Civil War 2.0 and these are our weapons, right? Our weapons are control of the digital space. Um, that's it. They could cut everyone that's viewed to be on the right. Uh, and I mean, there was that thing that was recently published about the influence of the right wing YouTubers or something in which they use six degrees of separation to connect oh, right. Ben Shapiro to, to Richard Spencer claim to claim that Ben Shapiro was equal to Richard Spencer. The religious Orthodox Jew was the same as the neo-Nazi. It, 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 it but if they wanted to, they could cut all those people off, um, Overnight and control the entire space. And you can say, go and start your own Google, go and start your own Twitter. It wouldn't matter. Like, and, and in fairness, uh, to some extent, people have tried to start their own, like Twitter, like Gab, for example. Yeah. I don't particularly like the platform and, um, because I find it annoying. Uh, it's not a particularly good platform, I don't think, although I don't use it that much. So you can criticize me if, if you feel I'm off on that. But, um, they tried to start a, sort of competitor to Twitter and weren't able to do so. And one of the reasons that they haven't really been very successful is because when they tried to register on the Android store, Google said, no, you can't register. Yeah. When they tried to register on the iTunes store um, or, or the or the app store, uh, Apple said, no, you can't. So they, you, you can't get an, a foothold in the market. And the market is, 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 is so controlled. And the question is, well, how do you fix that? Cause the problem is obviously I don't want to say, well, the government must come in and fix that because that's, yeah. that's asking for trouble. Um, but at the same time, it's very clear that, that there's, there's a problem here and we haven't quite. Um, dealt with yeah. how, to, how and, to fix that. And I mean, it's still early days. I mean, the internet is only, what, 20, 20, 30 years old, let's say. I mean, we're still dealing with the, with the repercussions of the internet. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh's career is in tatters because of one allegation with no evidence. Mm. Imagine in 30 years time, someone, I'm nominated to be president of the country or whatever. And uh, someone said, oh, I love this tweet in 2012 where you said, Something, something, something. How is that? Uh, well, you've only, you, you've, only, you've only got two choices now, um, in my opinion, if you're going to run for public office. <laughs> Delete everything. Um, or or not even on. public office. If you want to be the head of the engineering council or whatever, even. Um, you've, only got, you've only got one real choice or two choices. One is you decide in high school, like when you are 13, you decide that I'm one day going to be important or your parent decides that maybe one day you're going to be important. And literally – you monitor every single aspect of your existence, which might still not be okay because if you've been alone with a woman at any point, if you're male, and let me tell you, if you think this isn't coming for the woman, it will come for you as well because this social justice, that's how it works. Once it gets rid of the one group, it moves to the next group lower on the rung. Um, but if you've ever been alone with a woman, you might still be screwed. So you're going to have to basically wear a GoPro wherever you go. Um, and have written written agreements. Yeah. Contracts for um, the, the, you could either do that and be completely Machiavellian from the time you're basically a, a, teen, a teenager and, and, and make sure that there's absolutely no way anyone can make a claim about you, which let's be honest is almost impossible. Um, or you can be Donald Trump. Exactly. Um, which is you can turn around and go, I am a complete philanderer. I'm a dick. Um, I'm an adulterer. I've banged porn stars. 100%. I, 
eat fast food. I don't care what you think of me. I swear whenever I please. Um, I might have said the N-word on a tape somewhere. Um, so what? Yeah. Come for me now because the problem is, is that, is that if that's your tool now, if your tool is to blacken someone's name by using an allegation which cannot be corroborated, um, then you've got two choices. Either you've got to be squeaky clean, which no one is, or you've got to be completely dirty. You're just going to own it. Yeah. You're just going to own who you are. And I've chosen the latter. Well, we chose the latter because this podcast, you know, we honest on it, unlike most yeah. other, uh, <clears throat> radio shows uh, You just got to own it um, So yeah I agree with you there I think you're either off Or you're on completely uh, I mean I've, Maybe I've got some tweets That I'm not proud of But I'll leave them on I don't go back And yeah, delete stuff And if people ask me Oh what do you think about this oh, Well look I'm showing you my growth Four years ago I believed that It was pretty stupid Now I believe something different That's called growing up You know That's called mm. learning Change, the Changing your views I changed my opinion Based on the evidence So if you can't be my tweets at 21 years old to 31 years old, obviously they're fucking different. Everyone, everyone's been on Twitter for more than three, four years would, would understand that. Um, but obviously they're not, they're not terribly charitable. Uh, but talking about that, a, a good example of that is, is Kanye West. Ah. So he was on Saturday yeah. Night Live. Yeah. Okay. I don't like Kanye as a person. I think he's a bit of a dick. His music is pretty good. Most of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a fan of his. He, I don't know if he, whether he's just, a fame whore or he really believes what he says. I don't know. I think he's talented. I don't particularly like his work. Um, I'm, uh, not a, I'm not a big no, fan. He's, he's a great but rapper. I think, I think he's, I think he's definitely talented. Right. So he goes on Saturday Night Live with a, a mega hat and, and basically says Democrats want us to be slaves again. And the welfare state is there to enslave us and all sorts well, of shit. Well, the, the, the real part of the story is, is he goes on the stage with a hat and then he starts sort of, um, speaking and it was like mix of speaking and rapping um and he one of the things he says is that they tried to to make him not come on the stage they tried to bully him and make him not come on the stage with a hat and whatever um all of this was cut they cut it from saturday night live which will let pretty much anything go Um, and on that particular show they had matt damon pretending to be brett kavanaugh and 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 um basically be a a a beer adult uh, rapist um they they cut that yeah. um, from I mean, Kanye that, West. That's fine, but Kanye West being a hat, oh no, <laughs> too controversial. So, I mean, and, and, and obviously on cue, white rich liberals get really uppity when, when, you know, when, when the Negro doesn't listen <laughs> and doesn't know his space in the world. Yeah. Yep. How dare this man? Plans. And, you know, these are the kind of people that say, express yourself. Identity is fluid. Uh, don't be holden. Don't be beholden to anyone. Uh, traditional roles don't matter anymore. Be who you want to be. Except you, Kanye. Uh, no, you can't be that though. No, no, we must, we must agree with what you become. You can't just choose that for yourself. Mm. Because we, you know, white, rich, uh, elites, and I, uh, you know, uh, know what's best for you. I think you, it's important to say, I mean, I don't agree. Like Kanye, after that, tweeted like a picture of him wearing his hat on his private jet and, and said something about uh, abolishing the 13th Amendment. I mean, I don't agree. Agree with Kanye. The Thirteenth Amendment was the amendment that abolished slavery. Um, right. So, so uh, I, I don't fully agree with him. I think what he might be referring to, because this is the thing, is we you can actually try and and understand what people might um, be saying. Um, uh, that that's the context. Well, the context for the Thirteenth Amendment is that there was a great documentary by uh, a leftist. Um, basically, they abolished slavery, but it's allowed in certain. 
ways, especially yeah. if you commit so, a crime so, exactly. and get a prison. So if and, you can have slavery, you can't have slavery unless you've you've been arrested, basically. Right. Unless, and, unless you've been so convicted you have all these rights, and then they're taken away if you do something. And I think the justice system in America is quite is quite skewed. Mm, uh, the drug absolutely. the drug war is terrible. Mm-hmm. I think it it destroys minorities uh, quite a lot. So. Uh, in context, uh, let's use a bit of context with Kanye West because he's black and we patronize him a lot. Um, I think I, I saw, if you watch the movie oh, we, 13. We're taking our, our media's lead. If, yeah. you take, if you watch the movie 13, mm. which is on Netflix, it's quite a good documentary from a leftist slant. And you understand why he would say that. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, I sort of agree with what he's saying. But obviously you can't put that in a tweet. Or if you want to abolish it just immediately, just like that. I have to yet to see reasons for well, it. Do, well, he's not do, making a, he's not, but most importantly, he's making an argument. He's not making a lie. You know, he's not, he's not, he's not lying about something that exists or doesn't exist. He says just abolish it. So we can discuss that. Hmm. But if there's, if the, if someone says, what about the farm owners? Oh, there are none whatsoever. That's an obvious lie. Yeah. It's not, it's not trying to make an argument. I'm with you. So context is important in that matter. <clears throat> Cool. So, anything else you want to share? Spend a lot of time on the in the, on the US. I hope I hope you find Brett Kavanaugh interesting. I think it's interesting. I think it's part of the greater cultural war that. Well, we are I, in. I think it matters because I think it's coming here. I, I, I we we. I think it's here already. It, it is. It is. It's been here for a very long it, time. It, it but is we here. Just don't see it. But the organ the organized method of it is is going to come our way. The truth is, is that. Um, 18 months before fees must fall, there was uh, that kind of protest action on American campuses, shutting people down, um, pushing certain agendas, um, walking around with baseball bats if you didn't agree with, with people. I'll let you know why it's here already, Jonathan. So let, let, let's take two people, Marco Lamberti, yeah. CEO of Imperial Holdings, and Zvenenzi uh, Mavavi, uh, the, the man who has – Said nothing correct in the past 40 years, as far as I'm aware. He has to apologize for all of his, uh, opinions before. Uh, so Vavi famously had sex with his secretary or something like that. Sex scandal at Kosatu was pushed out. Marco Lamberti did no such thing. He just said to, um, a candidate for the CFO position says, I would love nothing more than to have an employment equity candidate in that position, but you're just not ready. You need another five years and then we'll be happy to accommodate you. Uh, Marco gets taken to court, 23 million rand defamation claim, uh, the court agrees, he's taken on appeal now, he resigns from ESCOM, he resigns from, from all the boards, um, for saying someone is an employment equity candidate and being honest which about it. Which is mandated by the government. Indeed, which is mandated by the government. So when Mbavi gets, gets taken out of Kasatu for sexual harassment, last week, another story comes out, oh, he was accused again, but it was, you know, sorted internally for sexual harassment, a domestic, at Saftu, wherever he is now, uh, accused him of sexual harassment and, uh, you know, the union, you know, shut it down and, and made an agreement. Um, if you don't see the difference between calling someone by the, by the a true title and sexually harassing people like a serial predator, uh, and not getting fired and no news media and no trending on Twitter, um, it's been here for a long time, Jonathan, and it's time to connect the dots. I don't disagree with you. It's been here. I just don't think it's as organized and as directed. And I do think that uh, America tends to lead the way in these cultural things, and um, it's going to amplify. Everything you've described will be amplified worse, and it won't be just Marco Lamberti versus yeah. Zanin Zimbabwe. And, and, and unfortunately, the, 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 the 
poor thing is people don't connect the dots. The media don't report on it. And then it gets buried. And then we are, you know, poorer for it because we can't connect the dots that have been buried, hmm. I'm afraid to say. So that's all I have to say. Um, I must well, be you honest. do have a little bit more to say just uh, to our patrons. Right. We received a hell of a lot of new ones in the past month, uh, for which we are eternally grateful. So we have put up an update for um, patrons, so just go check that out. Uh, so we received a bit more funding from from our listeners. Uh, we're putting that to good use. There is a – do you want to tell them what yeah. you have in store? Okay, so first things first, we're there's a website coming. Uh, the website's going to have uh, – Access and special features for uh, patrons specifically, and then obviously a whole bunch of other content for everyone else, including the patrons. Um, that's on its way. Um, we're planning an event for next year. I don't want to talk too much about that, but that's uh, also in the pipeline. Uh, and then this month, we have a T-shirt competition. Drawing, no, creating T-shirts to own the libs. Yes. That's what so we're doing. It literally in the terms and conditions uh, – you the the terms and conditions require for you to win. It requires that your T-shirt owns the libs. Um, basically, what we want is social and political commentary T-shirts that are funny. Um, so, uh, I don't know. And Ramon. the point is, and the point is for us to make them and give them to to, yeah. to patrons and, and sell them online. Yeah. So, so ultimately, what will happen is is uh, the th- uh, three prizes. Uh, first prize is two hundred dollars. Uh, That's like at least. 20,000 rand. By the end of October, it could be 20 million rand. Right. Um, so, uh, first prize, $200, second prize, 100, and third prize, 50, and, uh, which we'll pay you via PayPal. Uh, we want you to submit. So you can send, uh, your designs, which need to be high res format in something like Photoshop format or a vector or something like that. We need, we need high quality stuff, please. Uh, you can send that to info at renegadereport.co.za. Um, if it's big files, please use WeTransfer to send it. Otherwise, or a it won't come through. Or something like that. Sure. Um, and I am really yeah. looking forward to seeing what crazy designs people <laughs> come up with. Um, you know, it will, uh, is there anything off limits? Not really, but we're not going to choose obviously offensively racist or yeah, we know. Or, I mean, like you just have to own the libs, and that's like a lot of content that you can yeah. do without being. Not that we're against offense, yeah. but no, but be, but, be but, smart but, about but it. Stuff, like, stuff, but stuff exactly. Yeah. I mean, stuff that's just like you know, blatant. Like if it's blatantly racist, of course we're not, we're going to yeah, say no is, to that. This is not Villain Pitts' uh, Discord channel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to have, um, fun, smart, um, and, 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 and thoughtful ways of, of, of putting the ideas we talk about on the show and all the stuff that we engage with usually in all of our social media. We're trying to find fun ways, put that on a t-shirt and yeah, you could win the competition. Yeah, I mean, just take the acronyms NDR and just make them hilariously funny. <laughs> I can't think of one now, but it's a terrible idea. Ramon. A lot of Stop people, are, ideas. a lot of people are far more creative than me in this instance. So go to where should they go? Oh, we'll we'll tweet the link. Yes, so we'll, we'll just we'll, check our Twitter and Facebook page. The link will be there with all the terms with and all conditions. the details. Yeah, there, there's a terms and conditions page on Cliff Central. Uh, if you want to read all the terms and conditions, quite boring stuff, but it's all there. Um, and as always, you can find us on Twitter at Renegade underscore Report on Facebook, both the page and the group. Right, and so just one last thing about yeah. uh, Patreon. Uh, 
we out of mugs, I'm afraid. New ones are being made as we speak. Mm. As soon as they arrive, we will ship them out to you. So sorry, just be a bit patient with that. We were just overwhelmed by the yes. number of support we received in the past two months or so. But not to worry. They they will be here soon. Coming, coming. Cool. And obviously, you can find Ramon at Roman Kavanagh, myself at Jonathan underscore Wit. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com.